Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. There's a difference between a, a chief executive and a director. My impression of a chief executive is that they have a boss, they have someone to report to. Yeah, I get you. It's a combination of two things, isn't it? It's high-level planning, which you call strategy, mm -hmm. and then low-level planning, which is implementation. Yeah. So it's strategy and implementation, set the course, make it happen. If you are feeling frustrated, the lack of growth in your agency, and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to spend a day with us at AJHQ for a no-holds-barred peek behind the scenes of our agency, Ashdown Jones. All you need to do is go to ajmastermind.co.uk forward slash BTS day. Best of all, it's free. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. We're fresh back from a luxury retreat, which we did with our lovely private members, aren't we? In Chester at the Grosvenor. We did. And the topic of the two days, which was pretty intensive and a bit uncomfortable at times, was your role as CEO. Now, this is going to be the first part of probably two parts. That's called, you are a CEO, so start acting like it, which was kind of the message of the two days. Mm, it was. Probably not your favorite topic, is it? Hmm. I think you think of yourself more as an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, with CEO comes all the boring stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> what, like responsibility? Like, yeah. Checks and balances, systems and processes, compliance, mm -hmm. having to manage people. Yes. Not your favorite thing. So the first thing we looked at was what do you actually call yourself? Because we've said CEO, Chief Executive Officer. You probably don't need the C of that. It's probably just executive officer or you don't need the O, chief executive. You see, you probably don't need the full CEO unless you've got 30 branches and yeah. you've got a major limited company or you've listed on the stock exchange. A lot of it depends on the size of your agency. If they're in the room, in the private group, we've got agents that have got a team of three and agents that have got a team of 20. So if you've got a team of three, being called the CEO is a bit overkill, isn't it? I think it's important still, though, that you're acting as the captain of your ship. And it doesn't really matter what you call yourself as long as you are actually acting as that captain. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you take the role of phone answerer, admin, viewer, you've lost your role. Yeah. Because you're too busy in the engine room when you should be actually up on the bridge. Yeah, I think that, that's the most important part of the topic, understanding that you have made a conscious decision or, or if you have made the conscious decision that you don't want a nine to five job, that you don't want a good salary. Yeah. A good night's sleep. <laughs> and therefore you need to act a bit differently than you would if you just had a job. So could you, I think the question is, is could you replace yourself today with someone that that you could employ for £30,000 or there, thereabouts? If the answer is yes, you're probably not doing what you need to be doing. Exactly right. Because actually, what would it cost to replace you, which we'll probably cover in part two of this podcast? Because I think that's, that's an important thing to remember. It's a business we have here. It's not a lifestyle business, not a hobby business. We're creating something that's bigger than us, that one day we can sell or will or manage out just like a lot of you that are listening, you're probably thinking the same thing, but you feel like you're so stuck in the weeds, you can't get to that point. So I think the first step is actually to give yourself a title 
because then you realize that you have a role to play. And when there's two of us in the business, like there is with me and Phil, it's easy to, for those roles to get muddled and for there to be a bit of overlap or a bit of a gap. I think after six years, we're quite good at choosing the right jobs for ourselves and not being resentful of the jobs that we have to do or the jobs that we can't do. I think our working partnership has settled into a good rhythm now mm-hmm. and we've, we can figure out what we need to do. And sometimes you give me things that you want me to do and vice versa. And, yeah. and that's cool. But when they're working on their own, they have to do all those things. Yeah. And that's tough, especially when you've got nobody to bounce ideas off other than your, you know, long suffering spouse, maybe, or your cat. Yeah. But that's why I think a coach or a mastermind is, is critical. Mm. When you're on your own. Um, it's got some ideas on, on title and there's no real distinction in any of these necessarily. It's just what you feel comfortable with and what you the time, the size of your company suits. So chief executive, as we've said, founder, a lot of people like founder, but I guess with all, all of these, there are negative connotations and, and future negative. It's just the one that suits you. Founder allows you to be a bit of a wild card. That's a, that's a problem have with founder. <laughs> a bit quirky. You could say entrepreneur. I mean, what what's yeah. um, Elon Musk? What's he called? Of what? Tesla. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'd say he's founder of Tesla, but he's chief executive of Twitter. Interesting. But he looks on Twitter, I'm sure, as a bit more of a business. It's a purchase that he's done strategically, whereas Tesla was his baby. Yeah, he that's where I, I sort of distinguish the difference. But I think there's a danger with being a founder. Because you think of yourself as an entrepreneur, so therefore you don't fit the mold. And, you know, you've started this business, you can run it however you like. And if you like doing viewings, you will do viewings. That's where the danger comes in, I think. Yeah, I get that. Quick question. Would you like the chance to come and see behind the scenes of our agency, Ashdown Jones, here in the beautiful Lake District? To have a look at all our systems and processes and meet the team and go away with ideas, motivated and fired up to put your plans into action. Well, great news. If you just go to ajmastermind.co.uk forward slash BTS day, which stands for behind the scenes, you'll see exactly how to book on to our next behind the scenes day here at Ashdown Jones. Best of all, it's free. The CEO, obviously, managing director. Managing director feels a bit like, a bit more that you're directing the ship but also a little bit corporate. Yeah, where well, you have to manage and direct. It also yes. feels a bit old-fashioned as well now. General manager. Mm, don't really like that one. Director. Director. It's quite a simple term. Yeah. There's no need to specify in which direction you are directing. No, but I think there's a difference between a, a chief executive and a director. Chief executive to me feels like it's an employed role, but that might come from football. Oh, Okay. Well, but think about what it means. So it's the person that's doing the chief executing, isn't it? But there should be a chief director. But you, my impression of a chief executive is that they have a boss. They have someone to report to. Yeah, I get you. I think it's whatever you feel comfortable with, but I think the name has to mean something and founder doesn't really, founder's talking about in the past, director's talking about in the future, you're going to direct the business. Managing partner. So we have in the past put partners, I think, on our yeah. email which is actually the, in the email footer is the only place you're going to see this, isn't it? Not even LinkedIn because you would put founder or something on LinkedIn or owner. Yeah. Which also doesn't, it's a very static role, isn't it? I suppose the point is this. It's not what you're calling yourself. It's what you consider your role to be. Mm-hmm. That's the question. There's executive director, director general. <laughs> director general, like, and president. Yeah. yeah. Dictator, maybe. Yeah. 
So I, I've just kept it really simple and gone with Chief Founder, Director General, President Jones, just to keep it simple, really. There's no need to overthink There's it, no is There's no advice there? in there. Need to maybe add advice. Beg your pardon? I'm Chief Executive. After hours. That's mine. You're what? Chief Executive. Yeah. And so basically you work for me. I'd actually be happy to work for you if I could just do the role I need to do and let you go off on your little founder missions. Wages aren't good. <laughs> I wouldn't. So what's your chief executive role? What your, How do you see that your role? Well, you put things that, that were different from mine, didn't you? So I've, I've talked about being the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually, we filled in some paperwork on this to capture our thoughts on the day. And we were sat next to each other and everybody else was doing the same thing, all 12 people or whatever around the table. What does that mean though, captain of the ship, on a day-to-day level? So I think it probably means all the things I've put next, which I'll read out, but see if you think that... Because actually the first thing I put is to set the destination and the course Mm -hmm. in that order, destination and course, to grow the group and individual businesses within it, to create the dream team that will get us there and inspire them to help us, to make the right decisions that will take us on the shortest, most sustainable journey to our destination and to create a profitable business that supports our goals, team, growth and lifestyle. But the first one I think was the most important one as the captain of the ship. My job is to set the destination and course. Mm-hmm. What about you? So I've put to set the strategy and direction and create a plan to implement it. That's really good, actually. Just say that again, because I think that's a really good one. Just set the strategy and direction and then create a plan to implement it. So what do you think a strategy is? Is strategy not a plan? Yeah. Uh, strategy. Um, no, I wouldn't say. Well, strategy was... Is or do you think the strategy is high level plan and then this plan is the implementation? Yeah, so it's just sort of the idea and the the big picture, and the plan is there's tactics to get there. I see the the strategy as massive levers. It's which lever do we need to pull at this time in the business to get us to where we need to get to, mm-hmm. rather than low level planning, which I think a lot of founders probably fall into, which is what campaign are we going to put on Facebook in the next three months? Yeah. And what letter campaign are we going to get out by the end of the year? That feels like low-level planning to me, whereas we're going, well, if we want to get this goal of £5 million in value of the business or revenue by 2026, 2027, which is what we've talked about, then what are the steps we need to... to, Which levers can we pull between now and then? Because actually... We've changed course a few times, haven't we? Mm-hmm. And specifically last week when we had this conversation about pivoting a little bit. Yeah. I say a little bit. Same ideas executed differently. Yeah, it's probably to to external viewers and listeners, it's probably a slight tweak internally. It'll probably feel more like a, a U-turn. Like a tsunami? Yeah. Also, on that basis, if we're talking about... One of our big goals for this year, or one of our biggest prioritizations for the year, was aggressive expansion. We were finding that our plan wasn't fitting with aggressive expansion. Mm-hmm. So we've, we're pulling a different lever to allow us. It's actually the aggressive expansion lever. So this is how we see our role. As the captain of the ship, to set the destination and the course, and you see it as to set a high-level strategy. Yeah. And then create a plan to implement it. Yeah. And the interesting thing is to think about then how your team members see your role. <laughs> yeah, which, which we've guessed at. We probably should ask them. In fact, we did ask two of the team members on the day, mm. didn't we? Jenna and Emma. Yeah. We should have asked them to um, 
I should have their notes to hand, but it was similar to what we set ourselves as, but probably a bit more complimentary. Yeah. A bit less about the doing. Yes. So I see, I think our team members see us as problem solver. For me, recruitment and HR, property and marketing expert, trainer and educator, motivator, leader. And it's interesting that I've put leader last and problem solver first. Mm. What have you put? Um, very basic, really. So just responsible. I think if we ask the question, they would see my role as being responsible for creating leads in the agency and solving problems because they love to land problems on my desk. I've got problem solver as well. Yeah. Just, or just have problems. <laughs> just be given problems. <laughs> I think we've got to be really careful that if we're the problem solver and the only problem solver, then we can't ever get out of our role. And something that we tackled at the end of the session after the two days was, let's imagine you either bring a CEO in or you are a new CEO in a business. What would you do differently in your mm -hmm. business? Can you see it from that perspective? And if all you're going to do is solve problems, you're not actually going to create any growth. Yeah. One question we had that helps me answer all these questions is that if you had a hundred let's say £150,000 to invest in a new team member. £150,000 is, is a good salary. I think many of you listening would would love to earn that. I think most people who are listening do not earn that. No. So if you had £150,000 to invest in a new team member, what would that team member do? And note down exactly what their days look like, weeks look like. And that's your job. <laughs> right there. So instead of, investing £150,000 in a new team member, invest 30000 in a new team member that's doing what you're doing now and you go and take that £150,000 That's a good way of job. looking at it. But let's say a CEO did come in. Let's say we could afford £150,000 for a CEO to come in. Yep. See ya. What would they do? It's quite simple. They would go and acquire new agencies and, or and, or slash and, they would go and open new AJ offices. So let's say we said, right, Come hell or high water, by 2027, you've got to fulfill our £5 million goal yep. in value or revenue or both. And then we say this to a CEO. Mm -hmm. go, right, you've got, as of the time we're recording this, four years max. So if we invested £100,000 a year, we've got £600,000 to invest in what could be a £5 million business. Mm -hmm. So if we were certain he could do it, and I don't know why I've said he, feels like it's he, I'm going to get lots of emails now, he or she or them, gender neutral. Going down a weird avenue right now. 600,000, just to get a five million pound back, feels like a really good investment. So how certain would we be that they could do that? That's the question, isn't it really? It's how much belief you've got in them. So but, then, Well, just to go full circle, how much belief do you have in yourself? That's you exactly do that. what I was going to say next. Because yeah. I've got 100% belief in us to be able to do it for that time. But then that means I'm stuck in this role and I can't, because we actually cover lots of roles. We are actually the problem. Speak for yourself. If one of us could just be the CEO, me, and the other one just went out and grew the business. Well, it's not, <laughs> I think this is the good part of us actually being, yes, we're on the, on the podcast and we have the mastermind, but actually we're business owners as well, that we know it's not quite as simple as that. Mm -hmm. because then five members of your team leave in two weeks and all of a sudden you've got to then go and go back in. And fill in or, or, holes. Or, yeah, and go and do recruitment and other things. It's not, if it was as simple as I'm the CEO, this is what I do, 
then your business will probably go under because there's no one doing viewings or no one doing vowels for a certain period of time. So with SMEs, you definitely have to keep going back in to do little things. It's having the consistency and discipline to have a clear idea of what your job is and to keep going back to it and hitting your targets and hitting your planning milestones. And But going back to what you said originally, you said it's a combination of two things, isn't it? It's high-level planning. Yeah which you call strategy, mm-hmm. and then low-level planning, which is implementation. Yeah. So it's strategy and implementation, set the course, make it happen. What part of that are you not doing when we have a derailment? Probably all of it, actually. I guess the high-level stuff's already been set, but you just don't do the implementation because you, you've got so many other things to juggle. Yeah, so we should have opened branch three by now, as an example. Yeah. And we haven't because... We made some mistakes with branch two, mm-hmm. which we probably need to do another podcast episode on, actually. Yeah. Once we've juggled things around. Yeah. And made our changes. And that has stopped us opening branch three. So it wasn't the strategy was wrong. The methodology was wrong. Yeah. The strategy was probably slightly wrong as well. Yeah. Okay. So if we're going to have to do some course corrections. Yes. And that has slowed our growth. Even though we've said aggressive expansion is our is our growth target for this year, or our target for this year, mm-hmm. and we haven't actually done it. Hi, I'm Andrew from Hopkinson Smith Estate Agents. The main concerns I had before joining the AJ Mastermind was mainly what would I get from joining, you know, what would the meetings be like, how would I get on, would I fit in, uh, and as soon as I went to the first meeting and met everybody, uh, Sam and Phil and the team just completely put me at ease and uh, learned so much since we joined. So who is responsible in your business, you that's listening, for your priorities for the year? So if you set yourself aggressive expansion and then you've set a measurement of success for that, so how you will know you've made that a reality by the end of the year, who is responsible for it and how do you know when you're off course? Because I think that's something that we we haven't done very successfully. We've set aggressive expansion as our priority for the year. We've set a measurement of success and now we're halfway through the year and we haven't done it. Yeah, I think it's easier when it's going well and things are selling all over the place and you don't have to go back in. And But this year has been a, and it's probably a normal year in business, but we've had a couple of years where you didn't have to keep going back in and course correcting because of cash flow or course correcting because of number of the houses have sold or all these little things. I mean, a few times I had to go back in and get some more instructions. But when you say go go back in, you mean go back into the business yeah, in an operational way. Yeah. Whereas at the moment it's like, well we're you look at the numbers, we're fifty, sixty thousand down on where pipeline needs to be. So that causes a challenge for four months time in terms of potential cash flow and then then the viewing numbers are down and then the interest rates go up and then so it's like where's our sweet spot for attention right now that will either move the the business forward and make it move faster or that will allow us to do the other bit to move that make the business move faster in Q3 or 4. Yeah, so if, let's say we've got this amazing CEO, mm-hmm. £150,000 a year. Yeah. Liam's already applied for it, by the way, just so you know. Rejected. <laughs> what would he be doing right now? He, she, them. While you're going out and getting the business and having strategy calls with clients and I'm going out and doing recruitment and mm-hmm. training and some of the marketing, where is the gap for a CEO? And is the one. So if we were really cash rich, 
right now. And we're only not cash rich because the money that we earned during the last two years, we put into a renovation, which yeah. we've mentioned before, which is slowly coming to fruition, we hope, in the next two, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Touch wood. So if we had that available, would we buy in a CEO? Would we buy in that expertise? And then what would that person be doing right now? Well, I wouldn't buy in a CEO right now. It would give us the freedom and confidence to go and do the CEO stuff. I think if we brought a CEO now, the chances are they'd end up doing all the ops stuff. Yeah. In fact, they'd just be a high level executive assistant and then it wouldn't, we wouldn't be utilizing them. Mm. But it's a good question. So we'll wrap this up as part one. We've covered so far how you see your role, what you call yourself, how your team members see your role. And then in the next part, we'll talk about what are the responsibilities of a CEO. And if you are your new CEO, what do you do in those first 90 days? Or if you're going to buy one in, what do they do in the first 90 days? And then what happens when you do? What's the outcome of that? And was that a positive ROI? Mm -hmm. And we're not suggesting for one minute that you should rush out and spend £100,000 on a CEO. But as Phil said, you need to act like that. It's a good mentality. It's a great question to ask yourself. It is. If I was even 100,000, if I was going to hire someone for 100,000 pounds, what would they do? See you on the next part. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to spend a day with us at Ashdown Jones HQ for a no holds barred peek behind the scenes of our agency. All you need to do is go to ajmastermind.co.uk forward slash BTS day. And best of all, it's free.